there are two ways to lose your life. There is eternal condemnation called the second death, which occurs at the great white throne judgment. And uh, those people will no longer have any say about their life at all. And then there is Romans. I took him to Romans 12, 1 and 2, which says, I beseech you therefore, brother, to lay your life down as a, listen to this word, as a living sacrifice. You're still alive. You know, the Jewish altars had dead animals laid on them. But in Christianity, we take our life that is alive, and it is. It may be, hopefully it is when you feel most alive that you say, Lord, I want you to take my life. I give, I take no charge of my life whatsoever. It is yours. And I, as far as my life in this earth is, con is concerned, to that I am dead. You tell God that and you lay your living life on God's altar. And you say, Lord, take my life as a living sacrifice. Paul's acceptable unto you. And you know what the word says then? At the end of Romans uh, 12, 1, it says, which is your reasonable service? It's only reasonable. If you claim Jesus Christ laying your life, giving up everything that this earth could provide for you and your imagination could provide for you, Lay it on that altar and let him burn it up because then life comes and it doesn't come until uh, that first life is abandoned. And then we find the truth of Romans 12 to uh, the law of the spirit of life. That's when it comes. When you lay your life down before God and say, it is not mine any longer, but I give it to you. That's just my reasonable service. Mm -hmm. Then the second part of that, that scripture, Romans, which says, for the law of the spirit of life has 
set me free, then you'll be free. If you have sin in your life now, if you have a love for your life uh, that uh, has nothing to do with God, then the life of Christ in your everyday walk with the Spirit of the Lord is not available. You cannot have it both ways. You can't serve two masters. What you want and what you know you should do is lay that life down for Christ and he will give you a life much uh, there is no comparison. <coughs> it is a wonderful life. That doesn't mean it's easy, but that is what then you have been created for. And if you think you were created for a life enjoying this world, I tell you, you are sadly mistaken. And that mis being mistaken, if it goes on to the end, my friend, and you don't know when that time will come. Some of you are very young. You don't know. I had a friend that was uh, just 20 years old. Uh, he was just beginning what he thought his life. He did not know Christ. He was killed on his motorcycle. Unless something happened that I don't know about, and I sincerely doubt it. I know that he cannot look into the face of Christ and he can God took him out. So don't think like Constantine, the ruler of Rome, 1310, uh, pardon me, in three th uh, 310 AD, he thought the way to do it was to live to be an old man and then repent of his sins and then get baptized and he would be clear before God. What a fool. It's an absolute fool. He had obviously not looked into the word of God. And so because thou hast, at verse 4, left thy first love, you know that they were doing everything right as far as men could see in Ephesus, the first church of the seven, mentioned. God said, I know they won't labor. I know thy patience. I know that thou canst not bear them which are evil. And 
thou hast tried them, which they say, uh, what they said they were apostles and they were not, and hast found them to be liars. And thou hast borne, thou hast put up with, with persecution. Thou hast patience for my name's sake. Thou hast labored, hast and has not faded. John in the spirit said all of that about the church at Ephesus. And he said to them, I have something against you. And it's because you don't love me. You have done all the right things. You have uh, attended church and you have made the good confession. You have done works. You have not put up with evil in the, your body. Uh, uh, the body gets you. And if you, and he goes on and he says, remember, this is verse five, therefore from whence Thou art fallen and repent and do the first words. I tell you, when I came to Christ, it's like yesterday. That night, I, I was a, alone with a man that led me to Christ. Uh, he was a godly man. He knew the truth. Uh, one of the most godly men I've ever known. And when I got home, I was I didn't know anything, but I loved Christ. I was so excited. Somebody I told Alice, I can't tell you what happened to me. But Al's going to come over in a day or so. Al would come over. He would bring me ice cream. And he'd sit down at the table with Alice and I. And he would expound on the scriptures. Maybe that's why I still teach people one-on-one -on -one because I know it's so important for people to individually look and be taught in the scriptures. But Christ said, repent and do the first works. You see, when I went home that night, telling Alice what had happened, and that I knew I had eternal life, was the first works. And through the years, there have been times when the first works have not been that evident. Mm -hmm. 
However, in these last particularly 30 years, God has continued to work again and more and perfect more. I, I'll, I'll make a confession to you. I was very unhappy at times when I was young, being a married man. Uh, and it was against Christ. But I tell you now, and I will even turn to the scripture so that you will understand rightly what I am referring to. Turn, if you would, over to the book of Ephesians. And what I am talking about is a love for my wife. I don't mean I'd like her more. I mean she is the best. She is, now she isn't perfect. I know, I, I say that, but I don't think I can tell you what it is because I look at her and says she were perfect. That's what Christ wants to look at the church. And the, the book of Ephesians tells me that my love for my wife, which comes from God, uh, has to do with uh, my relationship to his church. Help me, Alice. It's, chapter five. Chapter five. Right, Mom. Thanks. Four. Oh, no, it's five. Verse mm -hmm. 25 is husbands love your wives. Mm -hmm. Yes, here it is. Mm -hmm. First off, verse 21, Ephesians chapter four says this submitting yourselves one to another. Took me a long time, but I have come a long way in the perfection of submitting to my wife. Submitting yourself one to another in the fear of God. Wives. Submit yourself to your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. Here it is now. The, the relationship and the church of Jesus Christ. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. Wives, those of you who learn that wisdom, 
that being submissive to her husband works out in that his, he then is submissive to you and listens to you, cares how you feel, worries about you, uh, takes interest in everything that you do. And so he says, husbands love your wives, even as Christ so loved the church and gave himself for it. I could use this, this piece of scripture on a wedding I got coming up uh, that he might sanctify it. In other words, I want my wife to be tip-top in regard to her relationship for Christ. And so I teach her, and sometimes she teaches me uh, that he might sanctify it and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word that he may present itself to him, a glorious church. Later on in your marriage, there may be days when you feel like you've made a serious mistake, but not so in Christ. For in Christ, you will know that uh, he put you together so that you could have a part in her being absolutely like Christ. Uh, um, verse 28, so ought men and wives how? As their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loves himself. Why is that? Because she, you have been joined together. You are, according to the scripture, one flesh. And when you stand up in front of some preacher and get married, uh, if God is in it and your heart is in it, he will bring you together that you will be of one flesh. Notice it's one flesh. It's not one spirit. It's not one soul. Because that joining of the flesh will be broken uh, when you go to heaven. Uh, all earthly relationships like that dissolve. That doesn't mean in fact, you'll love her even more because you will love the church and she is a man loves his church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, of his bones. For this cause shall man leave his father and mother and shall 
be joined unto his wife, and they too shall become one flesh. Now, here's, I read all of that to say this. Verse 32 in Ephesians chapter 5. This is a great mystery. And then he says, but I speak concerning Christ. All of that that he talked about what marriage ought to be in the end had its true place and value in the fact that we become members of Christ, one with Christ, the body of Christ, and him in the church. I know that was a lot. In fact, I have, uh, to this point, uh, told you somewhat of a fib. I always say fib, it sounds a lot better than lie. I have told you a fib that I haven't done what you'd call a survey so far of the scripture. But I have done what the Lord said. I will finish out for you the book of Revelation chapter 3. And starting with verse 11, Jesus said this after he said, there's going to be, oh, I am so sorry, I skipped a page. I don't know who will outlive the other, this Bible. <laughs> are made but the lord said in verse 5 chapter 2 revelation remember therefore from where you have fallen if indeed you had that first love in christ and you fell away from it. Christ says, you better get back there. Remember, from whence thou art fallen and repent and do the first works or else I will come upon thee quickly. It doesn't sound good. And will remove that lampstand from the world. Now, does that mean you're lost? I don't know. But it means you will not be the light of the world anymore. And I don't feel very good about that verse. If I think it is true, and more importantly, the individuals know it is true for their lives because he's coming 
and I don't want him to remove my lampstand mm -hmm. from the world. By the way, most preachers retire. I'm going on 77 years old. I, I don't feel well. I am tired, but I will preach the word of God. And I have not for 30 years or more taken any money from anyone for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I will preach it as long as I can. For me, there is no retirement. But the Lord said, this is a little different, but this thou hast. In other words, he's saying the Lord wants to say something good to them as he did in the beginning. He doesn't do this for all the churches, but there are two of the churches out of the seven that he doesn't rebuke. And Ephesians is not one of them. So he says, verse 6, chapter 2, Revelation, uh, chapter 2. This thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I hate. Now, I know you, most of you, don't know what that means. The word Nicolaitans comes from two Greek words, Nico and Laity. The word Nico means conquer, to overcome. And Laity means the average person in, the, in any congregation. So you've heard people called lay preachers, etc. Uh, now, to conquer the people, that means that a person like me would take my God given authority, you think uh, possibly that I don't have authority by virtue of being a minister of the gospel of Christ, but I do. I use it very sparingly, but occasionally I will use it for your good. So you will be uh, brought to the place that you will see the error of your way and repent and get back in that place where you are walking in the law, the spirit of, of freedom and of Christ. But I have that. 
And in this case, John is saying, God hates that you have allowed your preachers. See, we put these preachers, we call them Dr. So-and-so. And the more doctors and PhDs they have piled in their names, the bigger the churches are, the more we think that they are powerful and authoritative men. And then they rule over the people as a taskmaster rules over slaves. And there are many preachers that do that. You want to see some of those that turn on Sunday morning and on uh, YouTube and see some of uh, the preachers who are preaching. They are lording it over. Uh, and I could take you to place in the gospel where Jesus Christ said that in the church, it will not be that way. And so I preach the word of God. I exhort, I reprove, I rebuke sparingly. And I hope you get the message. But understand, it is not because I am without the power of the Holy Spirit when I am walking in Jesus Christ. He, verse 7, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him, this is you and me, to him that overcometh. Overcometh what? Overcomes the world. Overcomes your own flesh. And becomes absolutely belonging and, and submissive to the person of Jesus Christ. I cannot do this for you. If you don't have that submission, talk to the Lord, call on the name of the Lord, and he will not fail you. If you want it, it is yours. But to him that overcometh, I will give to eat of the tree of life. There is a tree of life and your home if you belong to Christ. And you, it has 12 fruits. Mm -hmm. It has a new fruit every month. And you can eat of the tree of life that Adam was barred from. 
That's why Adam was driven out of the Garden of Eden because the tree of life was there. And he said, he must be driven out lest he reach forth his hand and live forever. And therefore he set angels at the gates of the Garden of Eden so no man could ever go in there again. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of God. My friends, how can you compare I'm looking at a couple of you that are so young. Maybe you'll live to be 80 or 90. Maybe not. Maybe you'll only live for another day. I don't know. But what I do know is that grandeur and glory and power and peace that will exist in heaven because the triune God is there and he knows what you need and he will give you everything you will be so absolutely joyful and filled with happiness. And you would throw it away. I would say, asking the question, who would throw that away for the life in this earth? But most men, Narrow is the way, straight is the gate, and few there shall be that find it. All you must do is get with God. You love him. You trust him. You know what? He will do the rest of the work. It's not hard. It's not hard work. You think it's hard work. I have to give up this. I have to give up that. No. When you turn your life, Lord, I call on you that you might meet me where I am and give me that which I need. The work that will go on the rest of your earthly life as he has worked in mine, as he has worked in Alice and some of the rest of us here today, God will do and you will just sit back and give him praise mm. and glory for what he has done.